0: Everybody, this is Dean. Just breaking into the front of this Battlestar Galactica podcast episode to remind everybody that we will be back in three weeks' time. So um, you're listening to this on the 16th. The next episode you hear will be on January 5th. So there will normally we'd be off next week, which is correct. But then typically we would be back on Sunday the 29th that weekend. Um, but we will not be because Mal will be in the South visiting his mama for Christmas. So just a friendly reminder there. Uh, we will be returning with Battlestar Galactica to drop an episode somewhere around January 4th or 5th that weekend. Now, additionally, I just realized uh, when going to edit the episode that they just pulled it off of Prime. So Battlestar Galactica is not available on Prime anymore, which really sucks if you're doing a rewatch because most people don't want to drop 40 to to pay to stream it. But here's the good news. Did a little bit of homework for you ahead of time. And it's actually on the sci-fi.com website. Um, So if you go to sci-fi.com, you can watch every episode there as of the recording of this, which is December 16th, 2019. And there are commercials though, which is kind of annoying, but I think there's only two per episode. So not that bad to be perfectly frank. And um, around the holidays, you probably don't want to dump 40 bucks on a TV show that's 10 years old. Totally get it. So, yeah, I just wanted to give you guys that service, public service announcement. And now I'm going to shut up so we can get back or get to the episode. Thank you. Bye. Welcome to Recommissioned, a bi weekly podcast where we go back to watch Battlestar Galactica. Each week, I'm joined by my good pal Matt, who has only seen the episodes up to the one we're covering. Now, I've seen them all. And on this week's episode, we bring you Season 4, Episode 6, Faith.
1: Thus will it come to pass. the dying leader will know the truth of the opera house. The missing three will give you the five, who have come from the home of the 13th. You are the harbinger of death, Carithrace. You will lead them all to their end.
0: You have faith. Do you have the same type of faith that they have here? Hey, real quick though, I had trouble concentrating this week, Matthew. I had some trouble concentrating. <laughs> tore some walls Why is apart. That ah, tore some walls apart. Didn't go well. And uh, <laughs> and then I uh, re- I went. I I have surrendered the LSG Media satellite station. I'm back to Main Station One. Main so station. we're in we're in uh, we're in Main Station Omega, which is cool. Pharma, <laughs> back, back where we are. Where, back where I belong. Where I can yell and scream. And I got the green screen set up behind me for video stuff. Ooh. And, uh, yeah, I'm, I'm getting pretty fancy. I got a three fucking point lighting system set up down here. And, uh, you know, I abandoned the upstairs, so I got a little blankie on my lap. Right? Which Ooh. is nice. Keep myself, uh, you know, like I'm Professor X. I got a blankie over my lap. And you do the cerebrus machine. Yes. I must find the other mutants before they do. Uh, that's the cartoon version. I was watching the cartoon version a lot on Disney Plus. <laughs> uh, I love that cartoon. I do too. <laughs> but um, oh, I um, and and then just the cancer stuff, man. I'm just like, ugh, it's a fucking bummer. Yeah, it's such oh, a fucking God. bummer, dude. Did you ugh. recognize the woman who was dying of cancer in this episode? She did look familiar yeah, to me, I knew but she I have was no going idea. To. It's fucking. Major Kira from DS9. A huge oh, character in DS9. Yeah, man. The Bajoran lady. Yeah. Yep. Fuck. Yep. Damn, yeah. I, I kept thinking, like, ah,
1: I've seen her in something. I just have no idea what. I, I could, didn't even have a guess, but she's just, yeah, one of those familiar faces.
0: It is, but it's hard to tell when they made her look like a pirate. They made her look I like kids. The like,
1: poor teeth. What the fuck were they doing with the teeth in there? Yikes! That's what the that's what space chemo does to your teeth. Fuck!
0: I, I guess that's what they're saying. Yeah, Earth chemo's bad enough. Damn! So uh, that was uh, that was a bummer. Just all that shit. But um, you know, the, there's there's probably some stuff to talk about there. I will uh, I will see what you have to say about that. But overall, how'd, how'd you how'd you feel about faith when the credits rolled? Ooh!
1: Uh, overall, man, I was still pretty. Pretty impressed. Um, just, I don't know if impressed is the right word, but like shocked um, and yeah. like, all right, we are, I feel closer than ever. Like I really, it feels within reach now of what is going on with the prophecy and the Cylons and the humans involved. Uh, because this is, this is definitely the biggest, like, it feels like we are one last reveal away from like, and we now see the whole picture. Um, like this is pretty damn close. I mean, we're, mm-hmm. for one, we're marching our way through the final season. So obviously we're going to be getting close, but this feels like, wow, we're about it. Like I, I almost get the feeling that we're going to almost hit these, the biggest revelations of the show, several episodes before the final. Uh, and it's going to be more like dealing with the aftermath and, and then maybe settling down in some way, like coming to some terms with it. Like, I don't, I, I kind of get the feeling now, I know I'm kind of speaking in a meta way and jumping ahead a little bit. But I almost get the feeling like we're not going to have some big major revelation in the final episode or something. Like It's going to be more like we already know the truth by then, and it's like watching it, the final fight or whatever, play out. Because um, <clears throat> we seem real fucking close with this. I mean, this is, the what the hybrid says to Kara here, it's pretty massive. Um, and boy, does it more than ever seem like the the prophecy that both the Cylons are interested in, like their whole idea uh, of religion and faith or whatever, the the one, one and only God, and the human idea of the multiple gods really do seem to be converging. Like sure. uh, like they're hitting this crossroad. Like it is all, it seemed like two separate worldviews, but they're actually completely connected like from the same source. Like that's what I feel from this episode. And I've kind of been starting to think that way lately, but this is the episode where I'm like, well, holy shit, that, that seems like that's just the way it is like that is the truth.
0: Yeah, I like so I like where your head's at. It is very interesting. Um but this is um it's uh it's a good we're in a decent stretch of 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 storytelling here. I remember feeling I remember how I felt when I watched this. Hmm, let's see. How long ago was that? A long time ago. <laughs> and I remember going, "Wow, this is this is nuts. Uh it's you know, obviously Faith is a big one in here, and uh, it's something I want to highlight, something Tommy highlighted on his listener comment. <clears throat> you know, uh, Anders' faith in Starbuck, uh, Rosalind's total confidence in Tori, uh, and not just that, but her faith at the end uh, in, in, in saying, we're going to find it, and we're going to find it together. This, this real sense of peace washes over her in that final moment with, uh, of the episode, uh, which we'll talk about. There's the, um, you know, the, the, all of the stuff going on with the the whole, this whole episode, it it went on the faith of Adama, right? That's kind of something Tommy said on his comment as well, right? But Mm -hmm. it's, it's, it is, it's, it's the whole premise of the episode. We're seeing that a lot this season is it's really, it's really, you know, this episode's like 33, which is pretty literal interpretation of what's going on here. Um, But faith, you see it through all the different through lines. You know, you see it through, through in, in, in many different ways, which I enjoy. There's all guys is talking about on the radio is faith. We don't even see him, but we hear him. That was kind of an interesting choice that I liked because it gave us a perspective on the fleet as how they're interacting with him, which they're not, but they're hearing him Yeah, and they almost can't help it.
1: Right. Right. And it really goes to show how far his message has gotten out. Like it, it seems very commonplace for people to just be listening to that
0: on the radio. Yes. Yes. I mean that's become pretty normal. Absolutely. And then, of course, some of the discussions here. There's there's the superficial, which is the mutiny, and and I don't mean that as a negative. And then there's the more deeper elements of this episode, which is, you know, Kara's painting, uh, that kind yeah. of coming to fruition. The stuff between Emily and and Rosalind is all about that, right? Definitely all mm-hmm. about that. And, uh and, and then some of the stuff with bill at the end there and of course the hybrid there's a lot of interesting notes with the hybrid <coughs> and of course the Cylon stuff um I like I like it's an interesting it <laughs> war makes for strange bedfellows especially at this point in this in the show we're wondering what's going on here what who's going where they trust Leo and they don't some of the Cylons trust them their partners some don't there's infighting there's. We're all very similar, excuse me. Right,
1: right, right. As far as the divisions that start to spring up, right.
0: But uh, how do you want to go through this one? Mm -hmm.
1: Well, you know what? Maybe we go ahead and just tackle this bummer ass (laughs) cancer Rosalind storyline first, and then we'll jump into, uh, in my opinion, the uh,
0: more interesting stuff. Yeah. Uh, How did you say it on the tweet? On the tweet? On the uh, message to me? On the uh, instant? uh, The telegram (laughs) message. (laughs)
1: <laughs> yeah, was that's funny. pretty much the only thing I'd said about this episode to you as far as I was thinking. I was like, it's kind of like in episode one, Star Wars episode one, where the the badass Darth Maul you know, lightsaber fight is happening. And then it cuts away to like the Jar Jar battle. Like, <laughs> <laughs> okay. <laughs> Can we like – yeah, in like, other yeah, yeah, words. He's goofy, but he's still getting them, a yucky-yuck. <laughs>
0: In other words, Rosan's imminent death is is as annoying as Jar Jar. <laughs>
1: Boring. <laughs> no, at the same time, I am like I am very interested in in the character of Rosalind. and like her seemingly facing down the reality of dying is kind of interesting.
0: It's wild, but
1: at the same time, compared when you put it, it's, I almost feel like it was a. It's interesting thematically because it is both storylines are about faith, but in very different ways. Um, in some it's similar ways. It's a real
0: pace changer, though,
1: right? I know. But it is, yeah. yeah when you yeah. put these two storylines side by side, I'm like, dude, you are giving me revelations that I have been thirsty for since literally episode one of this show. And then on the side, the, the side story with Rosalind is like, yeah, we've kind of always known. Yeah. Like, I thought, like, it, it's almost one of those things where, like, yeah, the setup was that she was dying from the very beginning. So it's like, and now she's dying. And you're
0: like, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I know. We Well, we had the false... Right. right, the of, false
1: hope yeah. of her being clear, but it's also like, yeah, you
0: know, okay. <laughs> but so, <laughs> I know. that was when the show got to explore other things thematically. And they were like, well, if we're going to make this four seasons, let's let's take a chunk of that out so we can do other things and people aren't going, right. oh, wh- what about that? Let's bring that back when when we realize her cancer has returned. And that was a slick way to handle it, to be honest with you. Right, so that's not some constant thing of her, like, oh, I feel shitty. <laughs> Correct, yeah, it. It, it you know it it makes you it's it's interesting. we'll, we'll have to talk about that as the show progresses. But um, right, yeah, man. Uh, let's talk about it. Let's talk about Rosalind now, uh, of course, being treated. Uh, but 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 it starts with her confiding in Tori.
1: Yeah, man, and dude, what I find really interesting about this conversation is that. She even, Tori is even trying to do, obviously, the the kind thing and be like, no, 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 hey, like, you're going to be all right. You only have two treatments left. Like, trying to look at the bright side and and saying she's going to get through this and, you know, be working out. But Rosalind is being, to her credit, I think the realistic one to be here of being like, hey, I really might not make it. So you need to pay attention to the types of, like, the legislation coming through here and what's going on. Because for one, I'm going to start, my head's not going to be fully in it. And then eventually here, I'm going to be gone. Like, she's saying, you you really got to, like, take care of what's happening right here. Don't let people slip something by me. Sure. Which I like. I mean, I I think that's too, uh, that's what, that's part of the point of view I've always liked about Rosalind, that she, at the end of the day, she's very, she is somebody who struggles with her own, I think, biases. Uh, But at the same time, most of the time, pretty clear headed person. Like even when it's hard to be, uh, about like, hey, I'm I'm probably gonna die. Like, I'm probably gonna go, and you need to be ready for that. And you know, the office of the presidency needs to be ready for that.
0: Right? Um, is Rosalind gonna die, Matthew?
1: Do I think she's gonna die?
0: Yep. Hmm.
1: <sighs> yes, but I don't think until the very end. Um, there's a part of me that thinks if they make it to earth, Roslyn's going to see earth at least like through the window uh, while she's, (laughs) she's going to like press her hand to the like, I made
0: it. Uh."
1: Got it. it. it's one of those things. Like, I don't think it's gonna be that fucking corny, but you know what I mean? Like, I think there will be some level of, she knows she led her people there kind of thing. Um, I I don't think she's just going to like drop dead, like in two episodes or anything.
0: Right. Understood. Um so yeah it's by the way her makeup on her head her, her prosthetic is <laughs> it terrible. Makes her look like a cone head. Dude she you know she looks like one of the people from Alien Nation. <laughs> yeah. yes it's so
1: true because you can tell like that's the toughest part about like somebody with a full head of long hair like how do you put a bald cap on that like you gotta like hide all this hair and stuff it up in there and did you notice when they shot her like the close-ups they always kept it from like just above her eyebrows down like they they tried to show the top of her head as little as they could because you're like that shit you know there's like so much hair stuffed up in there
0: yeah man it's Uh, it's it's funny it's
1: like, they got to do it. They have to do it at least once to show us, like, yeah, she really does, has, like, lost her hair. Um, but at the same time, like, you can tell, like, they're going to give us one scene of that. And then from here on out, she's either going to have her head covered or she's got a wig.
0: <laughs> yeah.
1: Yeah. But, dude, I also find it very interesting of where one of the final four or technically final five Cylons finds themselves the right hand of the president as that president is dying. That seems, like,
0: not a coincidence. Right. For sure. I just I'm thinking of Jimmy Conn and Alien Nation now. I know, little, <laughs> I fucking love that movie. Whatever. <laughs> I know it's funny shit. Fucking buddy cop, beautiful. Isn't that the one where he's like, "Where is it? He stuck it up his ass," and he yells. <laughs> <laughs> he's like telling a joke to Mandy Patinkin or something.
1: That's right. Yeah, man. Uh, uh, I don't
0: want she, to rewatch that. I know she definitely definitely looks like one of the Alien Nation chicks. She really does. It's weird. It's funny. <laughs> She's got three hearts. <laughs> keep her away from the salt water too. That's really scary. But we do get introduced <laughs> to Nana Visitor, of course, as Emily, um, of course of Star Trek fame, Deep Space Nine. And she is lamenting the pointlessness of going through the annoying pain to stay alive for three more days to which Rosalind says it isn't pointless. Um, mm-hmm. but I'm not sure listening to guys Baltar is really helping. And, uh, that provokes a really bad reaction from Emily.
1: Yeah. And dude, and, I actually, uh, I like it. I think Me she's too. fucking justified. I think it's pretty goddamn rude of somebody to come into a dying person's bed in their hot in the hospital. Like you know, they might literally have days or hours left, and this is the thing they're listening to. And you're like, well, you don't need to listen to this shit. And just gonna go turn it off. Like, dude, that's not. I don't care what they're listening to. If it brings them some comfort in their literal final hours, then wh- you can have it. Whatever, it's fine. Leave her alone, Rosalind. You judgy bitch.
0: Honey, before I go, put on my favorite. Please put on my my fa- pu- put on my favorite. No, no I'm hairs on, the, on NPR mom. No has on the pussy, which made my dick rise. That's the one. That's the one. Two life crew. <laughs> it's a fucking 80-year-old uh, lady. Honey, can you put on my soothing
1: song? My neck, my pussy, and my back. <laughs> She's like, oh,
0: that's the good stuff. <laughs> Fuck, fuck, fuck the police. <laughs> fuck them. Just <laughs> <She's laughs> crushing gangster rap all day. That's going to be our old ladies
1: fucking 40 years from now.
0: That's terrific. <laughs> anyway. Where's my iced tea records? It goes back to what, yeah. And We're cop killer anyone? <laughs> if you were burning, I'd use gasoline to put you out. Yes, yes. That's the one. Um, but you were saying something here that I want to get back to you were talking about her her biases sometimes, and here's a good example of her bias kind of getting example. her screamed at, basically. Yeah, by, I'm uh, glad this lady yelled at her. I'm like, good. Right, absolutely. But obviously, she's, she comes back around to see her again. She's gonna, she's not done with Emily. Their, their verbal oh, yeah. sparring is just beginning. <laughs> absolutely. And of course, um, she's apologetic. She, she hears her coughing. She's up walking around and pokes her head in and, she apologizes to Roslyn, which I liked. She's like, I have my good moments and bad, and Rosalind has a nice, coy remark. Which was that? <laughs> that's yeah, that's no, good. That's cute, and that's it. I
1: mean, and that's the thing. Like, that's also what I, I like about Rosalind. Like, she is she's a good leader in that sense of she does let stuff kind of like roll off of her in these in these ways. Like, she's good at just like
0: rolling with it and being you know reaching out to people. Yeah, <clears throat> yeah, for sure. <clears throat> But she gives her a uh, she gives her something, Matthew. What does she give her?
1: Oh, in this scene? Mm-hmm. Well, she gives her this like this little cloth, right? Yeah. Like what, it, it, essentially to cover her head, right? Correct. Yeah. Something a little prettier than the, the rag
0: she has on her head right now. Yeah, the fucking she looks like she's about to put a goddamn K bar in her mouth and crawl through tunnels in Vietnam. <laughs> 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 fucking it's gutting rat Rosalind. Fucking gutting Charlie in the bush. That or
1: she's fucking fighting pirates in a 1920s swashbuckler.
0: No shit, right? (laughs) They'll just draw a little mustache on her. (laughs) I'm going to stick a knife
1: in a sail and hoist myself down. (laughs) Yeah.
0: Oh, that old fucking hat. (laughs) I want to see just like the most realistic swashbuckling on a ship where guys are going overboard, falling down, breaking their back and wailing in pain and breaking their (laughs) legs as they trip and fall as a or, or a rogue wave, like, wipes out half the foredeck. deck. Yeah, I just want to see that. <laughs> or
1: instead of sword fights, it's just grape shot, like, obliterating people. It's just pulp. Like, yeah. Jesus Christ. It's <laughs> just <sort> of
0: nightmare. <laughs> a nightmare. The 13-year-old cabin boy gets stabbed and dies for four days. Yay. Isn't this romantic? <laughs> we got to get him drunk to saw his leg off. This is the kind of mood this episode put me in. It's just a fucking futility <laughs> of, the of worst it all. Things, <laughs> yes. <exactly. laughs> oh God.
1: <laughs> but dude, no, I actually really like this moment with Emily though, because she's like, you know, what? Are you, what color are you hoping for when your hair grows back? And you know, Rosalind kind of makes a joke, but then Emily pulls it back to like, oh, well, my hair grew back, but feel it, and she kind of like puts it on there too, probably to indicate that like it's not the same as it used to be. Mm-hmm. And she's like, it's gonna get worse prepare for that. You need to be ready for that. And I like that. It's it's like Emily kind of reaching out to her for like this moment of, we are both enduring the same thing, but you're the fucking president. And so I'm like, the, the only favor I can do you in this moment is to to prepare you for how else this is going to feel and be like, this is things are that are going to happen and be ready.
0: Sure. It's good. And uh, it, there's clever use of Baltar's um, monologuing, yeah. I guess you'd say, as, as they, uh, you know, there's... They, they, they're well-timed, and that's yeah. not an accident. And I think it, there's a lot of interesting moments right here where he's like, take, you know, take the hand and be led, and then it, it gets a little bit more overt as the episode goes on. Yeah, yeah. He's fucking in tune now, man. Yeah. I'm slowly becoming Space Pope. But she, uh, she continues talking to her, and she's like, well, why do you listen to Baltar? And she's like, well, I had an experience that made me rethink all of my preconceptions. I to which that. Roslyn's like, what? Well, it happened after the day Coddle told me. So, there you go. Once she got the the news, she was like, let me consider. Once I knew I wasn't leaving sickbay, basically, I, I reconsidered things. And, you know, that's, I saw these people standing on the bank. She's talking about the river sticks, essentially. Right, right, crossing over. Yeah, and uh, it's pretty wild to, uh, it was it was pretty uh, pretty interesting. Her sister Kathy died when she was 12, which is crazy. Um, right. She lost people because I mean evidently remember, remember the war too. she's husband, yeah. gone. I mean, that's right, crazy And right. I think even um, it,
1: it's a little hard to tell from the way she describes it, but I it seems as if she was diagnosed with cancer even before the Cylon attack, uh, like right before it or somewhere in there, like like she's been sick this whole time. Well, that was Rosalind. We, well, Rosalind, yes, but I think even Emily's talking about like she's been confined to this bed among among on Galactica for like damn near the whole thing, or mm-hmm. at least a long time. I couldn't remember exactly the way she describes it. It's a little hard to like determine.
0: Um, she, she's she's talking. It's interesting that it's interesting where Rosalind has been and where she is and what she's thinking now because Emily's talking about how this person said it was going to be okay. I'll help you cross over, and it's And then Rosalind's like, yeah, but a lot of people feel that way in, in our predicament. Like it's she's dismissive, not. Not rudely, she's yeah, being respectful. No. She's just sort of trying to understand, and um, I found that an interesting standpoint from Mary McDonald, well, Rosalind, but good acting either way. Yeah, yeah. And, you know, we get to we get to see it. There's, you know, she's she's trying to convince Rosalind there's more to our world than what meets mm-hmm. the eye. Exactly, and dude, sounds, and Rosalind's is, uncomfortable, but yeah. but and that's good acting too. She does really well in the scene because she's uncomfortable. She's like, ugh, but. But I am listening, right? But that first reaction where she kind of looks away, you get the impression she's not really, not really, I don't really want to have this conversation. (laughs) You get that impression right away,
1: right? It's true. And there is one moment in here, one line, uh, where I think it does have kind of some crossover between the storylines of this episode. Because where Emily is, like you just said, actually, uh, where she's talking about there's more than we can see with our naked eye. And, you know, eventually, even as they, they go on here and they're talking about how she starts questioning the idea of the gods. And she's like, sure. that never, doesn't make any sense. And, you know, these capricious, mean gods who just mete out uh, f- uh, fates randomly. Like, is that what you really believe in? Does that sound like something you want to believe in? And she's getting her questioning all this, and it kind of reminds me of what one part of what the hybrid tells Kara when she says that the dying leader will know the truth of the opera house. Mm-hmm. And to me, that's like – we're already starting to see the beginnings of it here because this is – Emily, I feel like, is the character who's fi- finally, for the first time, starting to break down, I mean, essentially, Rosalind's preconceptions about their faith and about like, well, what, a, what really is that? What does that mean? And like, are you sure you believe in that? Is it really – the type of thing you originally thought. Maybe maybe there, are, maybe there is a supernatural being, but it's not what you've been thinking. Um, and like for the first time, she's starting to kind of, it seems
0: like she's questioning it. Sure. Absolutely. Um, this, uh, this God talk sort of continues. Let's actually have a listen to it. Yeah. It's coming right on the heels of the, uh, the Cylon. Crap. <laughs> Here we go. But this God that Baltar refers to, it is the Cylon God. You know that, don't you? If he's the one and true God,
1: he belongs to all of us. Otherwise, he's not much of a God, is he?
0: Exactly. He isn't much of a God. He's a fantasy. Oh, Laura. And the lords of Kobol are real. <laughs> <laughs> Reigning from a metaphysical
1: mountaintop in those silly outfits. <laughs> Zeus <laughs> Handing out fates out of an urn like like... They were lottery tickets. You're going to
0: work on a Tilian ship. You're going to be an admiral. Your <laughs> family's going to be evaporated in an attack on the colonies, but you'll survive for three more years in a moldy
1: compartment on a freighter till your body starts to eat itself up alive. Those are the gods that you worship.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's a good, it's a good moment.
1: It's a good moment, man.
0: And, and I that- really.
1: I, I think that's ooh, some of the heaviest foreshadowing and connections uh, in this episode between the two storylines. Is her saying, "Yeah, it's everyone's god, Cylons too."
0: Mm-hmm. Like that's ooh, and, that and is this is shit. where this is where the she, they start talking metaphor, and she's like, "I don't, I want the truth. I don't want metaphors. Yeah, I want answers." <laughs>
1: mm-hmm. That's right. That's good shit. That one sits on Rosalind heavy because she she knows she's like, well, all I've had is, as uh, all I've been able to provide as far as answers is. Reiterating the same prophecy over and over, again. <laughs> like sure yeah it's not it's not a lot,
0: and she has that that very sad moment recalling her mom and her mom dying after being this great and powerful person, you know, this really inspirational right. being somebody withering away, mm.
1: and and her describing this this idea of you know she didn't have the fields of Elysium stretching out before her when she died, just this black abyss. Yes. and em- Emily's the one who points out. And she's like, "No, that's you. That's what you were feeling that's, and that's scared projecting. of. Like, yeah, exactly. you have yeah." She's like, "You have no idea what your mother experienced. You can't experience what she did." Right.
0: Yep. It's a good. It's a. It's it's a good comeback. It's solid.
1: Yeah. No, I, I do. I do think this is really just good acting from the, the both of yeah, them. Yeah. Like, it's hard to do, right? right right like i mean the performances here are are really solid i i buy this person having essentially the clarity that Roslyn doesn't have yet Correct. because she's in a sense further along yep which and in, in and in, more in, open
0: yes uh, well and also there is 100 percent the reality of the situation Roslyn probably isn't at that point mentally yeah no right. no no which no. i mean Definitely. how do you i mean that's an impossible ask but yeah. um, this stuff here, too, with her, we see the river stick scene and her looking at family and Rosling having that. I'm kind of not ready yet, but but getting a glimpse into the future that probably awaits her based on her kind of shared experience, so to speak, with yeah. um, Emily. And then, of course, right. Emily's dead. That's it. She is
1: gone. And, dude, I, th- I think a really interesting, subtle thing in this episode, especially for this storyline, is the moment where she goes over there and sees her empty bed and the radio is still sitting there playing Baltar. And she, I for a moment thought she was either going to turn it off or fucking break it, but she doesn't. She just lets it be and kind of even uh, hovers over it for a second. And that's really fucking interesting.
0: Yeah, because it lines up, you know, there's an interesting thing that happens in dreams and I don't, couldn't tell you why um, because I'm not a dream expert. You can drink to that. Um, But Sometimes we will, uh, let me give you a personal example. One day I was um, dreaming and I was having this dreaming that involved this banging that I had to go to. And I woke up and somebody was banging on my door. Ooh, yep. Now you could say, was that a a prophetic dream? No, if I want to take a more science-based approach, I'd say that banging probably started and then my dream formed around it. Right, yeah. And I was thinking, but maybe not. I'm not saying anything beyond that, but but how long was that person banging and how quickly could the dream have formed around it? Maybe it morphed around it. Maybe I was already dreaming something else and it morphed around it, right? Yeah. As quickly yeah. as you can think of something, I would assume you can dream something. But again, I don't know. And it made me think of this because of the literal take my hand in the dream, you no longer need to fear the unknown, Baltar says, right? He exactly. says, because he will take your hand. And, you know, she sits up almost like, whoa. He'll <laughs> guide you to the other side of the river. I mean, he's very explicit in the language here. And that's yeah. the, the, the river of uncertainty or something like that, I believe he says. Or something that separates the worlds.
1: Yeah, yeah. And he, he kind of finishes, like, the last part of what we see there is when he's talking about there's something more than what we can see here, something beyond our realm. And that's what Emily was saying. That's like the yeah. same they were, they're having this
0: convergence again. Yeah, it, it, you know, again, the show leaves enough doubt to say, has she heard him say that before? And she repeated it. Um, maybe. Did Rosalind's dream form around that speech? Maybe. But it is also very fascinating. Um, and, 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 you know, it, dreams could be utterly meaningless or there could be something within them that gives you some sort of insight. And I think right. Rosalind's pondering this now. And what an interesting thing to ponder this idea that she may need Baltar yet again for some sort of perspective because that's how the show started. It started on the premise like, oh, this guy's very valuable. He's going to help us. He's yeah. going to give us information we don't have. And now it's almost like we're bookending the, the series with her maybe being curious about wanting information that he might be perfect to alone, which is really fascinating, especially when you think of it from a metaphysical standpoint, from where Gaius was at a scientific standpoint, which was a lot of malarkey anyway but um right but yeah and that's and that become and and there is no clear truth here again because that would be too simple with gaius um and it's just it keeps that dynamic alive but it it sort of morphs it along the way it's fascinating to me really cool but she goes to see bill adama Matt. to our boy adama boy Ooh. was this a this is a this is a tearjerker of a scene <laughs> how good is bill how good is how good is edward james almost Ah, he's always fucking good, man. He's so good here too. Yep. you can just, Uh, he's wearing the pain. Yeah. I mean, it's just, she's just like, look, I'm right here. He's wondering if he should see the kids again. And, uh, he, and whenever she said, what, what made you change your, you know, you thought it was a pipe dream. What made you change? And he says, you, that sort of broken voice. I'm like, oof, (laughs) oof she means a
1: lot to him now that is for sure
0: always has
1: right always has yeah but it's it's i think very explicit now
0: uh, in that feeling of a fleeting that's brutal
1: yeah uh i know that's to me the the hardest part at this point because i mean this episode is very much about Rosalind starting to face down her her death and and be rattled by it some which is utterly understandable like that's of course uh, scary and terrifying um But I also feel so bad for Bill here because at this point, even more so than like Kara or even his own son, like this is the person he's the closest to and confides in and, you know, is just similar to and where's the burden of leadership with and she's dying. And that's, man, that's fucking sad.
0: Well, let's switch gears and go over to Lieutenant Beta in the Boys. Beta and the Boys, the Boys are back in CIC, buddy. The Boys are back in town, mutiny, <laughs> mutinizing.
1: Boy, well, we picked up right from yes. the, uh, the drop off of last week. I love that. It's cool. It is. You have to.
0: Cool. Don't you with it to be continued.
1: Yeah, with and especially in the heat of that moment, like you can't be like. And two hours later, when they talked it out, <laughs> like no, we gotta we gotta pick it right you back pull up.
0: A, pull the Walking Dead and go to three other characters first. <laughs> we'll get back to that in two episodes. <laughs> Wait, is it still to be continued? I don't, I don't <laughs> it don't does really to know. be continued
1: in the middle of the episode for a oh. commercial break. I
0: don't really oh, what know. F- That's where he talks in my head. I don't, I don't really, really know. know. But uh, we're <laughs> gonna get to it when we get to it. Wait, who is that? I don't know. The half walking that guy. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. We'll get to it when we get to it.
1: <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> Mr. Gimple, Mr. Gimple, what do we do? <laughs> <laughs> read a book. I don't know. <laughs> I got to go be on a podcast in some
0: guy's garage off of a fucking phone. Sounds nothing like him, I'm sure. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> oh, no. Yeah, I don't think he's Sling Blade, dude. You got any snack packs? I don't know. mustard <laughs> 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 So, um, we kick things off and, and Beta Boy gets shot. Things erupt. Dude, things. Anders bust is not take having off. it. And boy, I'm going to see Hilo here again. What's up? Another Another, oh, another beefcake topping performance. Absolutely, dude.
1: Because I watched this, the, I watched the episode twice, but I watched this scene like four times. And, and the mm-hmm. reason is because. It goes so fucking fast, which I think is extremely realistic. Like shit just pops off and everybody's fucking screaming and moving and it's all over the place. Uh, but dude, Hilo is incredible here. He He's awesome. fucking. Holds it down, keeps shit from becoming a bloodbath. I mean, he, he is literally the person who pulls the situation back from bloody chaos to some semblance of like, okay, everybody get your heads back on. We have to fucking think and get Kara
0: moves quick too to give medical attention to Geta.
1: That's true. That is true. And, you know, and even fucking to uh, Athena's credit, like, when she doesn't Mm -hmm. know what's going on, when they're just like, uh, because at first, you know, it all kicks off where she's like, oh, you son of a bitch, you're really going to take it away from me? She's like, I'm going to do it myself and runs over there and Athena just fucking headlocks her and yanks her away from it, like, you know, to just hold her back. But at the same time, dude, once the sergeant comes in, like, that is a powerful move from Hilo because at the same time, what's already happened, like, Uh, Anders has already shot Gata Mm -hmm. in the leg when he was spooling up the Eftel. He's already shot him, and he's got a gun on everybody now. The sergeant comes in, points a gun at him, and Hilo tells the sergeant to stand down. Mm -hmm. Like, stand down, stand down, don't escalate it, don't make it worse, like, just stand down. That is already, like, that was such a a, a fucking tough, fast decision to make, and he made it. And you got to imagine, in that moment, everybody else in the room might look at him like, what the fuck? Like, you know we're all against Kara now we're all on board with with going back and we're, we thought we were with you and Anders is now siding with Kara and he's already shot Gata and you're just gonna let him keep a gun on all of us like that's that's a fucking tough thing to take on in that moment because you mm-hmm. might now have everybody turning against you like
0: I think I think Hilo reads the situation he knows Anders doesn't want to shoot anybody Right, right, and I think that's Hilo's smarter Anders enough. is a good person. You know, he's not. Yeah, he he's not going to just sit here and waste people. I he he he's racked with guilt over a leg shot to Beta. Totally, you can tell he's really bothered by it. <laughs> right,
1: <laughs> and you know, I gotta I gotta admit, as much as in the I've had still lingering respect for Gata for some some of his you know past his early his courage.
0: early his early records were great.
1: It's early boy, early records, fantastic. But that I got a Ono
0: showed up, and that was it.
1: <laughs> I started flipping through these, these personal files, and all I'm seeing is Snake. I'm just seeing Snake <laughs> all over the place. What the fuck? Fucking Snake Boy. And I'm like, you know, in, ep- in season two, if somebody had popped Gata in the leg, I'd be very upset about that. I'd be like, oh no, poor Gata. Here I'm kind of like, well, I don't know, Gata. You need to stop being such a dick all the time, maybe.
0: Yeah, if he—if only he had the moral compass of a guy like, say, Baltar, I would be a little bit more impressed with him. But now he's beta to me. <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah, he's falling off, man.
0: Falling off. I've, <laughs> he's been demoted to beta. But yeah, I do love the way he stands down, everybody. Celix stand down, Ander's stand down. He commands the situation. And as <sighs> soon as Boomer lets go of Starbucks, she starts giving medical attention, and Boomer helps her, Athena. And I like that. I like again, we're all in this together still. Let's not forget. Right. Nobody's right. an opportunist here and takes advantage of this chaos. But but Starbuck has a solution. And what's that solution? Oh, yeah, this is cool. To take a raptor and mm-hmm. they're gonna take Leoban.
1: and she and dude, I, I love that unspoken moment where she, you know, Andrews is like, No, well, I'm coming with you too. And she's like, Well, we're also gonna need a Cylon, and he's like, <laughs> <laughs> uh,
0: Whoops. <laughs>
1: um, but you know, she calls over to Athena. And basically says, we're going to take the raptor and we're going to get over there. We're going to find out what this is. You, if you guys want to go back, you go back. Um, but at the same time, she, he, he's pointing out like, well, the raptor won't be able to make it back. That's not going to happen. She said, mm-hmm. like, well, the base star can. So she has, in a sense, complete faith in this mission. Like she is going sure. to complete it uh, no matter what. But once she calls upon Athena to come with her and, and Hilo is going to have to let his wife go, we know how Hilo is not going to let that shit happen. Sure. He asked for that moment of like, all right, how long do we have until we, the <laughs> rendezvous time with a, uh, uh, Battlestar Galactica and they're like 15 hours. And he's like, start the clock. Amen. We are going to wait at, wait it out. Yeah.
0: And Oof. then it's just, you know, what, what do you think of Cielo? like, oh good, take the Cylon fucking bitch with her. Yeah. What the fuck? Why is she that? going at Athena?
1: Right, I was like, "Wait a minute!" I Get it together, you guys... right? Everybody else seems totally cool with Athena, and I thought she was too. And I'm like, "What the fuck is your problem?"
0: Remember <laughs> your little fucking Gestapo you formed? You just relax, bitch. <laughs> like, Chill the fuck out. Her God. and the
1: other one, right? Right? I'm like, "Haven't hasn't she proven herself enough over time and over and, and, and over again. and time? Like, and God again. damn, when will you people stop?"
0: Yeah. God,
1: uh, there's a part of me I wants to see Hilo just backhand her.
0: I loved when uh, I know it's fucked up, and we'll get there. Well, we'll get there. Lay open. By the way, she's like, if this is a trap, you die first. <laughs> he doesn't even yeah. say anything. He's used to this from her by now. He's, he's like, I love it when you're mean to me. <laughs> fucking,
1: <laughs> fucking pinch my wiener,
0: Kara, Kara, remember when you stabbed me in the neck and I loved it? It's fine. <laughs> it's So hot. There's nothing I've like seen bleeding it. out for you, Tara. I've seen it. I've seen it before, Kara. <laughs> the truths <laughs> flow past you in the stream i know you're gonna stab me in the neck and probably pinch my peck <laughs> as i bleed out oh well here he goes um off they go on their mission and uh they bomb out and i love that can you feel it the anticipation leo he loves getting people's heads
1: god he does he's uh, such a creep <laughs> i
0: love it god's plan is about to be revealed <laughs> And Andrew's just like, you better hope so. You better fucking hope, Dude,
1: that moment when he's talking to Athena, she's like, it'll be like a homecoming for you. All the other eights talk about you all the time. She's like, get him the frack away from me. Yeah. <laughs>
0: like,
1: I just got my balls busted again for being a Cylon in front of all the humans. Can you just not, can you not just be
0: cool? Now a Cylon's breaking her ball. She's the like literal
1: a- creepiest Cylon of them all. He's
0: such a creep. <laughs> <laughs> uh, <laughs>
1: we yeah. are not friends. We are, We do not hang out.
0: Yeah. yeah. <laughs> You, you, first of all, you're a close talker. You stand too close when we talk. Oh, I hate you it. You smell him. You smell him when he talks to you. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you see him coming and you, pre- this is the guy where you see him walking across the room and you pretend to be on your cell phone.
1: <laughs> I'm composing an email. You're just really typing nonsense. No, no. Like the- you pretend,
0: I, I talk to nobody. I, I've done it before. I'm like, <laughs> I'm like, Hey, I just, I do the, Hey, what's up? And I go, and I point and I go phone. <laughs> uh, mm, I got this in my yeah, hand though. Yeah. Hey, what's up? Phone though. No. I'll catch hey, up ooh. though. <laughs> I got earbuds in my ears that aren't playing anything right now though. I yeah. can't talk. <laughs> uh, dude, I dude, that's not good enough anymore. It's not good enough for the misfits. The misfits <laughs> will still approach you. So what you have? I Why am I, I such a misfit? Sorry, more Christmas <laughs> stuff. But um, <laughs> but you have to actually. I took an earbud out once and put my phone up to my ear. And that was the harsh indicator. It was call, I call it a hostile challenge, right? Yeah. You know, Galactica send a hostile challenge. If they don't send the right thing, you blow them away. Well, that's the hostile challenge. I know if you keep coming up to me and talking when I do that, then I have to literally retreat.
1: Dude, I saw I saw something on the that reminds me I, this thing I saw on the bus like a fucking couple weeks ago where I'm like, "Good God, dude, stop!" So, what, are a, a, what are
0: you? Are you? What are you? A, what are you? A school bus driver?
1: Yeah, yeah. You know when, when I'm taking the kids around. And or are my you illegal, a bus? Are you a bus my, monitor? My illegal unmarked white bus. Sit uh, down, no.
0: back there, kids, or I'll rub my beard on your face again. <laughs> I'll scrape it up <laughs> again. No, riding the fucking bus. Ew, home. Mr. Anderson's whiskers are on my neck. And my parents aren't home. <laughs>
1: it tickles. <laughs> uh, but no, riding the bus home, and a girl is sitting across from me on her phone with earbuds in, and a dude uh, like on my side of like the bench or whatever is gesturing to her to take her earbuds nope. out, like gesturing like, hey, hey, take, hey, hey, take them out, and <laughs> she took one out, like what, and like just kind of takes one out and looks at him, and he goes. Hey, what are you doing? Like, what are you listening to? And she just puts it back. Oh my
0: God. (laughs) What an idiot.
1: I was like, dude, wow. Fucking just no game, huh? Like, Jesus, take a hit. Jeez, man. Christ. If you got a gesture at a stranger to remove their earbuds so you can give them a sup or what are you doing? Nah.
0: Fucking fucked up. Know what I do, I pretend to fall and I grab her boobs on the way down. And then and then typically they're charmed by that move.
1: You know, it's that it's a romantic comedy move.
0: Typically they're charmed by me tripping and fake grabbing their boobs, hashtag me too. And then um and then I uh I proceed to sit close to them and breathe on the back of their neck to where their hair actually moves. Hashtag me too. (laughs) As you slowly
1: as you slowly whisper,
0: you want to be a star. (laughs) I could break into your apartment with a credit card. (laughs) (laughs) Fucking creepy shit. Anyway, how we get on a creep tangent? Oh, lay open, right? Oh, that's right. Right. So they find the craziest shit ever, Matthew. Oh, dude, this shit looks
1: awesome. It's rad. It looks so funny. again like I, I know we're on the same page with this like abandoned destroyed mm. spaceship orbiting just you know like not it's like not even staying upright anymore it's like twirling in space I'm like oh fuck <laughs> oh, it's so good some dead space action right now
0: listing a drift a derelict derelict is a great
1: word oh yeah it's fantastic, and it just looks so cool. All the just the pieces of a base are floating around them. Hell yeah! And dude, I, I got to admit that moment when they're drifting through, and then Kara finally sees the vision of the uh, the, the base stars floating, and how it aligns awesome. exactly with her painting. Awesome! It's fucking awesome. Awesome! <laughs> it's really
0: cool. A great payoff because we've seen this in the show forever. When Some Hilo and pay- her are at her apartment, it's there. Yeah. It's the beginning. It's the I have Jupiter. You know,
1: right, right. But when you see these other objects, the, the the star shapes and everything, and it's like,
0: oh no, that's the Cylon ships. But and they have a uh, they have an issue. There's an explosion, unexpected, and the debris rams into their Raptor. They have a bit of an accident, and uh, they're like, oh fuck, what are we going to do? We're all in this Raptor, and uh, something happens, Matthew. What happens exactly? When Kara wakes up, she's like, where are we? And they're like, oh no, we're cool. We're in a fucking base star.
1: Yeah, dude. I love seeing the fucking base star goof flaps yeah, consumed
0: there. I love the goof flaps, man. <laughs> sticky goof
1: flaps. You like, oh, I mean, your your technology is so gross.
0: It has such a cool feeling of you know being swallowed by the
1: whale, right? Oh my God, that's so true. This is some Pinocchio shit. I didn't even hell think yeah. about that.
0: I want to be a real boy. <laughs> Monst- Monstromo
1: or whatever the hell it's called. I don't remember.
0: <laughs> And then uh, we get that really bizarro moment Mm -hmm. where the eights go see Athena. The field of clones,
1: yeah. Damn. (laughs) Oh my God. And dude, I got to admit, I took a little bit, of uh, so part of me was like oh it's cool that we're finally getting a real straight up confirmation from from other cylons who who had still up to recently just been involved with the rest of the you know the cylon plan being like you were the first you were the one to go against it to to say no to our programming which for me it was like a finally a full sure full confirmation of like wow she really was the first like she was you, from day 1 on Caprica in the forests with Hilo, she was Telling the truth, and and I always wanted that to be true, and this is like the final confirmation of even in the Cylon you know ranks, they know that that was the case. That's fucking awesome. The other side of this conversation, I definitely took a little bit of sadistic glee in because they're like, "Oh, the Sixes are going are making the worst choices. They're going to get us all killed. Can you please help us?" And I'm like, "Oh." Okay. Somebody. So, okay. A little Cylon tastes a little bit of mortality for the first time.
0: Huh? Uh, okay. Now you
1: want some help? Welcome to existential dread, you fucks. Mm-hmm. We humans eat it for breakfast. Welcome no to shit. it. <laughs> That's right. Permanent death. It is it's hot on your ass now. Scary, we, huh? We got,
0: we got fucking Rosalind hitting triples in that department right now. <laughs> So, right me, she's, she's holding
1: it down better than them. they're like uh oh, help us
0: yeah because they don't know what that's about they're like they don't what? know what do we do help us <laughs> and she's like fuck <laughs> off you picture side i know dude she has a great line there when she's talking about you can't just flip in, in on a whimsical you can't be whimsical right? because to do that means you'll have nothing you'll have dude. nobody you'll be hey, alone dude,
1: that is that would be in other situations maybe from other characters a kind of easy one off line but dude coming from her that totally means something. like that really like yeah she fucking she put all the cards down uh and, and risked everything to remain who she was and to be amongst the humans and and, and like at great peril from the cylons and from the humans like great and pedal. still
0: huh I said great peril <laughs> sorry, you I thought great peril. Yeah. I, I do have the clip. Let's have a listen. You want me to lead a mutiny against the Sixes? That's the only <laughs> way. <laughs> you guys make me sick. <laughs> Why? Because you pick your side and you stick. You don't cut and run when things get ugly. Otherwise, you'll never have anything. No love, no family. No life to call your own. Bam, <laughs> man. You all got served. <sighs> served. That's strong. Because, I mm. mean, it's like,
1: dude, she, she truly has lived that And she has stuck with it.
0: It's awesome. Uh, It's 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 awesome. Strong. Love it. She's been through a, think of where she's been, man. To to say that in this moment to her clones, it seems almost like it lacked the reverence it needed after all this time, doesn't it?
1: Wait, her or the clones? The scene. Oh, yeah. Like, yeah, you almost want it to be a bigger scene. Yeah,
0: she's been through so much, man. So fucking much. And, dude, I got to say, this – it's easy to forget about because there's so
1: much, like, big storyline reveals uh, in this episode and big, you know, Cylon revelations again happening and all this stuff. But this is another episode in particular where I got to say, Grace Park fucking knocks it out of the park. Like, think of how many versions of herself she's playing in this one episode. She dies in this episode. She she is a field of her own clones talking to her, you know, the Cylon who's embraced humanity. Like, she embraces so many different viewpoints uh, and is playing so many different versions of this character. Like, God, it's fascinating. And it's really, like, that's some challenging shit to pull off. And I think she does it very, very well.
0: Yep. The show is never short on acting. They're, yeah they're they're fantastic they're fantastic cast so good but uh six is like whoa 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 what are these fucking stinky pink bellies doing on my ship
1: what are we <laughs> doing fucking gross let's just steal their fucking fdl drive and call it a day
0: no kidding yeah i love that she's like well why do we need them question mark
1: <laughs> and that's the one time where i actually don't mind what's her name? Barale? Burl. she sucks she kind of sucks but i like where she's like fracking toaster i knew this was bullshit i'm like yeah i would kind of feel that way in that moment if i were her
0: yeah but don't worry she ain't gonna feel that way much longer is she not much longer
1: holy shit dude what a wild scene
0: fun drama
1: i you know what it left me with i kept i kept trying to remember did we see that happen no. to the six we didn't right no, yeah i don't think so I didn't, yeah, I didn't think so, but it had me going, wait, did I see that and forget? Like, I was like, that seems really intense.
0: Yeah. And, um, uh, and she plays it so well, you can see it bothering her as soon as they show that particular model, that particular copy. Yeah. She's just kind of hemming and hawing over in the corner, thinking about bitch slapping a girl to death, thinking about so, it. Thinking about it. Not into it. But um, yeah, man, I like the, um, I like this dynamic here between the detention present is great. Six sort of trying to go. Hmm, what's going on? And Starbuck negotiating with Six. We're negotiating with Cylons who are battling with other Cylons at this particular moment. Ah, it's so fucking cool, wild.
1: Because basically, uh, correct me if I'm wrong here. Like what they what they figure out, and I think it's Athena who mostly puts it together as far as like, okay, what we can do. A lot of their obviously a lot of their systems are fucking destroyed from the the initial three you know Cylon three attack. Um, but they can essentially hook up their FTL drive to sort of like she she puts it in a way and it actually reminded me of a fucking computer term oh, if she's I think she calls it a slave drive. she does where it's like yep. yeah, where, where it's like I can't remember exactly how that works, but like basically they're gonna use some of the systems or the interface of their FTL drive to kind of jump start the base star one,
0: essentially, right? Yep, absolutely. A little yeah. bit of
1: science gobbledygook in here, but
0: <laughs> yeah, basically, they're just going to gonna use their navic. In essence, we're going to just share some data. It's like when the tech guy logs into your computer. There you go. Yeah. You know, he, it's remotely. It's, yeah. your, your mouth
1: starts moving on your own. You're like, whoa, it's a ghost computer.
0: <laughs> and then they hang up on you and you're like, fuck, I got to call again. I'm going to be on the phone for a half an hour. Fuck. Right. Of course. And then you figure <laughs> out anyway. I never let those creeps in my computer. <laughs> they're. Filthy, grubby digital hands. Nope. Not going to do it. <laughs> but, um, yeah, it's, uh, it's a cool moment. And Six is like, fuck, I guess I have to agree. Right. The hybrid's damage as well. And um, the other Cylons probably aren't far away. And when they show exactly. up, they're going to mo- It's mop-up duty at that time. Ooh,
1: yeah. And that's, that's another cool thing about this, they're too. is that ducks. Is that we have a time? We have a time uh, clock on either side of this. Like you know, mm-hmm. Hilo and the gang are all waiting. You know, because they have a specific rendezvous point that they are due back by, or That's else right. the, the Galactica might leave them. Um, and at the same time, over here aboard, aboard the damaged Baystar, they are. It's just you know, who knows how long it's going to take for the for the the rest of the Cylon fleet to find them,
0: to find where they are, and just fucking mop no it up
1: shit. Which you know they are aching to do.
0: Yep. And then Six is like, I think I'm going to beat this girl to
1: death. <laughs> just real quick. I'm just going to go ahead and kill hey, her. Hey, I'm
0: going to, can we chalk this up? I mean, nobody really liked her. Yeah, She's wearing I'm, a sweater. I mean, is what is this? What? Why are you on this mission? Why are you on the ship? What are you wearing? <laughs> yeah. What is this weird, like 90s,
1: like long sleeve short shirt shit? I,
0: why aren't you where? Why aren't you stomping private piles guts out? Right? <laughs> why? What are, what are you doing?
1: Well, see, she just—he's six. Just listened to Gunnery Hartman and did the
0: damn thing. (laughs) Yes, she did not hesitate where Joker did. (laughs) Exactly, glorious Gunnery Hartman still alive. (laughs) Um, How good is Anders? How good is this reaction here? I love it. It's
1: it's it's so so, real. Oh yeah, absolutely. And and I love all the subtext here. Of he is a fucking Cylon and he Mm -hmm. knows it. But at the same time, that's coming out. At the same time, he has, you know, genuine camaraderie with these people. And, you know, these are the people he has he went from being a civilian to a rebel fighter to a like an official legitimized, you know, soldier and has trained with them and worked with them and then found out he's a Cylon and his you know his feelings are all up in the air, but he's trying to remain loyal to the people he knows and cares mm-hmm. about. Like he doesn't know any fucking Cylons. And he's watched all his friends die, like everybody, but at this moment of like Jesus Christ, I just had to shoot Gata in the leg to even keep this mission on track. And now somebody else I know just got fucking beaten to death by a Cylon. <laughs> and what? It, we're just going to shrug it off? Like, uh-huh. yeah,
0: he fucking loses it. He's got a punt here, man. He got a punt. Yeah. And let the yeah. Cylons do their own thing. And boy, they're just like, um, just look yonder, I guess. Look at the daisies. <laughs> That's it, dude. I love this, this is so moment. Weird. From, like we tried to work through this.
1: I know. And I, I what I love about this moment um, is that it it's got to be the or at least for the people in this room uh, a real perception change of the Cylons. And even for me, I'm like, sure. This this is another one of those moments, kind of like uh, like we have with Athena, really proving that she really did make an independent individual choice. But we have a moment here of realizing kind of the individual instances of each cylon and you know they transfer over like they remember pain they can be traumatized like Absolutely. she had PTSD from this yeah, like she that, got that's, fucking drowned to death right in a septic tank like like numb me yeah fuck and it, that was a real shock to me even now i was like god i didn't even think about that That never really crossed my mind the idea that not only Uh, are essentially they immortal and their instance just transfers from one body to another body with all the memories and all the feelings. But you're like, well, shit, if they can feel all the feelings and all the full range of human emotion and and traumas and problems, you're like, well, that shit just adds up too. Like that just stacks together over time because you're immortal, but yet you still have these problems.
0: What a mindfuck to shoot yourself to and then to be totally stone cold about it. Stone cold, dude. And she just says this carrot cut blood for blood, right? We're good? And Sarah's like, damn, these bitches cold. Damn. I thought that was tough. Damn. (laughs) Goddamn. (laughs) Fucking brutal. Just kisses her and then fucking,
1: even Anders is like, holy shit. Yeah. Just pulled
0: my finger to do it? His hand, yeah, his hand's on the trigger. It's going to be a weird feeling. Oh, fucking bizarre. Um, let's talk about the hybrid Oh, dude, this is some wild shit yeah, It's so wild Structural integrity node is on Let's have a listen to some of her bullshit Oh, please constantly
1: Then shall the maidens rejoice at the dance Okay Structural <laughs> integrity of nodes 7 <laughs> restored Repressurizing The children of the one reborn shall find their own country Mm-hmm-hmm. Intruders swarmed like flame Like the whirlwind Hope's soaring to slaughter all their best against our hulls.
0: Hmm. I'm here. You wanted me here, so...
1: Replace internal control accumulators 4 through 19. That's we'll sounds... We'll start going ripe on us pretty soon. Compartmentalize integrity conflicts with the obligation to provide access. Huh. FTL sync fault uncorrected. No ceremonies are necessary.
0: For what it's worth, I voted for you. Pretty cool, huh? Election. Mm.
1: I actually, I know it's still part of her gibberish, and it's like what she, the thing she really says, doesn't come yet. You know, the thing that matters. Uh, But I really liked that one line of "No ceremonies are necessary." Yeah. That's really fucking interesting, because in a in a very plain sense, uh, that's true. There is no ceremony that's necessary, but they're so important to us. The, the idea of making a memory of something, and mm. making a ceremony out of it, but it's not necessary. Like you don't need a ceremony for a marriage. I mean, shit, people go to a courthouse all the time. But uh, at the same time, don't you want a ceremony? I don't know. Yeah. I just that's totally just out of out nowhere. But I'm like, that's just one of those stray random thoughts. Where I'm like, ooh, that's fucking poetry. I like that.
0: The children yeah. of the reborn shall find their own country. I like. Yeah, that's cool. Could you start reading into these things and you go, are we talking about Gaius? What are we talking know, about Oh, that's what's
1: so tough about when she's just fucking doing her, her pre-cum fucking <laughs> minority report thing. Murder. Like, blah, 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 blah. Murder. But you're like, because this is gibberish, but then there are moments where you're like, well, that seems possibly applicable.
0: That you got to screw like loose a- in there, lady. <laughs> <laughs> Silly goo lady. You wearing anything under that goo? But uh, she's got, yeah, she's got a just Rosalind hat on. Re- <laughs> Increased the output to 50%. Assume the relaxation length of photons. Transfer contact is inevitable. Leading mm-hmm. to information bleed. FTL sync fault stands uncorrected. No ceremonies unnecessary. She's just in the loop. But boy, what does she drop? We know this because of Razor. Yeah, we do indeed. But she,
1: I mean, this is, the the, the whole speech here, what does she essentially say? She's like, you know the the dying leader will well, will understand the opera house.
0: Yeah, before that, Leoben tells her, "You tells Starbuck, you have to listen. You have right. to absorb. Don't force it. Just let it hit you.
1: Yeah, let it activate your associative mind." He says, mm, "Pretty slick, right?"
0: And, and then. then I really
1: did not put this together until the, one of the sixes later on brought it up because she has the, you know, she's like, the dying leader will understand the truth of the opera house, which as viewers, you're like, okay, we know what she's talking about there. Nobody else in this room does. Um, but then she says, the missing three will give you the five. And at first, that one confused me. Um, and then she says, who, the missing three will give you the five who have come from the home of the 13th. You are the harbinger of death race you will lead them all to their end damn ooh man and the interesting part is that they do start to all kind of together decipher that and like i was saying it's the six who's like the missing 3 Deanna. that's who got boxed that's right um it, she's the one who she got boxed because she saw the faces of the final 5 and that they all kind of put it together that well if we can find the final 5 if they are from the 13th the home of the 13th tribe which is earth then the final five know where Earth is. And Deanna, if she's unboxed, can recognize they are. the final five. Mm. And there we have it. Which, you know, obviously, Andrew shits his pants right here. Um, <laughs> but at the same time, you know, what this what this really got me thinking about, what had me the most interested in this episode and has, has had my mind spinning, is the idea that Kara, being the quote-unquote harbinger of death, will lead them all to their end, that that's not as literal
0: or ah, as or as bad
1: as it sounds.
0: There's a part a of metaphorical me. Metaphorical death is it? A, a metaphorical, metaphorical end is it? Because what what was she also
1: talking about? The reborn? Hmm. The reborn mm. death. You can't Indeed. have reborn without death. Um. But also, it got me thinking. She's talking about the whole uh, the whole uh the Cylons. I mean, we all know that there's the twelve models, and I'm starting to think more and more that they're representing the twelve gods. Like mm-hmm. and, and what we're gonna kind of see, uh, you know, we've been talking about this a ton. Like the idea of monotheism versus polytheism, and that's kind of been the religious struggle between the humans and the Cylons. Are we gonna see the death of the old gods? Like Kara leads them home, mm-hmm. the old religion dies out. The new religion is the one God, and that's leading. That's what's leading them to their death. Is
0: I like what you're saying. What well, and what's the thirteenth tribe? The new one, I guess. The reborn or humans. They yeah. say it. They say well, yeah, it they as say much in the scene, yeah. Um,
1: but I, don't, I wouldn't know what that means as far as like it, being amidst the twelve. The well, 13, if the 12.
0: well, if you're well, 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 follow your logic. If the twelve are gone, if the twelve go, the, representing the old gods, and the one remains, the humanity, or 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 maybe a hybrid of sorts. Right, right. You know, pretty cool, yeah. man. It's good observation it. by you. Yeah, it's got my mind
1: running, man. This is that. This is that. This is like you know the X Files episode where you're like, "Ooh, this is one of the guys who's got black blood. It's one of the mythology ones." Oh shit! <laughs> I'm like, "Oh, it's got got my fucking mind running."
0: So much yeah. Cylon mythology. But uh, fuck, man. Uh, one of the eights gets shot. Kaplowi.
1: Not gonna lie, for a split second when this happened, I thought it was Athena, and I I, I fucking was pissed i was like oh you fucking kidding me she's gonna die here away from Hila. Like, what the fuck and i was like oh it's just one of the other ones okay <laughs> i was like that's fine all right whatever mm-hmm. um but dude yeah they start to unplug the hybrid because they they're running out of time and and because they did they do this before she gives the big reveal to kara but they're running out of time and she's not saying anything yet so they're like well we have to go ahead and unhook her in order to be able to you know uh jump back um to the demetrius and when they start to do it, she screams, and the fucking uh, Centurion just reacts and shoots who was, you know, uh, I guess unplugging her, which was mm-hmm. one of the, the boomers. Yes. Yeah. God, there's so and, many names for the same thing in this fucking show.
0: I know. And it's cool that, that Athena has this moment with a dying boomer whose eyes are looking past them, which is, you know, something Andrew says he's seen many times, but never in a Cylon. Very interesting. Right. And, and you know, to see there's you. And and, and she's in the dying Cylons, as you were right, about the being alone thing. So she gets this reconciliation with Athena as they touch hands. And, 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 you know, uh, Anders is right there saying it's okay. I mean, he's right there. That takes courage to do, man.
1: It does. And, dude, that's what I thought was interesting about this. Athena, she starts to reach her hand out, but then she pulls back. Like, she kind of doesn't want to touch her. Um, And it's it's Anders who steps up and is like, "I'm, I'm here. Like, you're not alone.
0: Pretty interesting. It's cool. <laughs> From one salon really to another.
1: Right. And one of the final four. <laughs> mm. Uh, interesting, man. It's
0: so good. We will know the truth of the opera house, the home of the thirteenth. Uh, A hybrid said the missing three will give you the five. Boy, oh boy.
1: How are they going to unbox three? The
0: home that of the thirteenth triumph of humans and the five is our final five Cylon Models. Cause even we still don't know who
1: the fifth one is. We don't sure. know who the final Cylon is yet. Correct. That's still driving me crazy. Mm. Um, but damn, dude, I, I got to imagine that—that's one of the the plots we're gonna see soon. Is some kind of plot to infiltrate the the other, you know, the the opposite side of the Cylon Civil War. Um, infiltrate them somehow and unbox Deanna. It'd
0: mm, be cool. That'd be cool, man. Oof, but they—I mean—it's almost like holy shit, that's what we need to do because they say it and then they bounce. Yeah, they're
1: like, "That's it. We got a mission now."
0: Essentially. But and boy. I believe the episode ends with uh, them going, uh, making the jump. Right.
1: That's it. Well, yeah, they may they run out of time at the Demetrius, but they hold out and they they spool up at their FTL. But then, bam! The 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 so base star, star is just right above them. <laughs>
0: I love that. I love when I love when Athena's like, the bass star is ours. You're like, nice. Oh, yeah. <laughs> it's a gangster. great feeling. Just <laughs> yeah, awesome.
1: We just drove a base star here.
0: <laughs> so, squawking awesome. Colonial signals and shit. Oh, it's so fucking cool. And that's, uh, again, this comes back to kind of what Brinkley was saying on the chat, uh, not on the chat, but on the Facebook group, the faith he had in them to come back. Like, I mean, they had three seconds left. Again, with the threes. But um, <laughs> yeah, man. Fun episode. I enjoyed it. It's good, man. I definitely enjoyed it. Ah, just such big revelations here. Yeah, dude. Um, anything I'm... else you want to say about it before we go? Honestly, man, I feel like I'm I feel like I'm pretty tapped. Awesome. Well, in two weeks' time, Matthew, we'll be covering the. Uh, oh no, wait! It's going to be. Th- we have an extra week because of you. Will be in. Um, You'll be with your family in uh, South Carolina. That's it. So you are listening to this on the fifteenth or maybe the sixteenth, somewhere in there. Um, normally we would be back for you on the 22nd, 30th, right? Normally they'll be listening to this. No, we drop these on Sunday usually or Saturday. So they'll be listening to this on the 20th. I mean, what am I saying? Today's Friday. They'll be, stop. You're confusing me. I know. They'll be listening to this on the 14th or the 15th which would mean that normally they would be gearing up for another episode on the 27th, 28th, that weekend. But because you'll be away, we're not going to be able to do that. So we will be back to BSG on the weekend, the 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 weekend, the first week that rolls into January. So instead of two weeks you have to wait, you have to actually wait three weeks for the next BSG. So that's just the way it's going to be. And that's it. I apologize. But we'll be coming back strong with Guess What's Coming to Dinner. Dude, does every
1: television show in TV history have to have a fucking episode where they title it that? Yeah, well,
0: guess who's coming to dinner is what it's normally titled. It's cute. This is guess what's coming to dinner. Everybody does that. Guess who's coming? Yeah, don't they though? (laughs) Little hack job. It's fine. (laughs) Everybody does it. I know when I write my fourth season of my TV show that I do, I won't use it. There we go. See, see, Monday morning showrunner. That's right, baby. All right. Well, this was a blast. Thank you very much for tuning in. Don't forget to visit us on the web at net, where we have a bunch of other shows. I thank you for your time. This was a lot of fun. Matthew, thank you. And good night.